Okay. Is that better? Yes, that sounds good. Okay. Oh, my my crotch is showing. Your crotch. My crotch, yeah. Oh. My pajama hole. Oh, the pajama hole. Oh my gosh, I'm burping and I feel oh I'm um, it's a, do you want to take your last swig of this? Women's History Month. It's here. Women's History mm. Month, honey. You can burping all I you want. You can burp all you want. Women burp. Shout out to my friend Christy, who's all about that and not hiding who she is, and she'd be so proud of me. I'm gonna have to tell her about this and be like, "Look, I mentioned you because I was burping." <laughs> oh my gosh! She's gonna be like, "Yes, I associate with this." And, and the person that was burping, her name is Heather, and her pronouns are she, her. Ah, yes. Thank you, Jaren, whose pronouns are he, him. And we are your hosts of Typically Divergent Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Happy, welcome back. Happy Monday. Ooh, welcome back. Monday. Welcome back to our podcast. Mm. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. And that's, that's all you. <laughs> May you have the least Mondayest Monday. Yes, or the least Tuesdayest Tuesday. I don't know. But um, may you be humping on that hump Wednesday. <laughs> ooh, and I, I hope that you are being thrifty on Thursday. Ooh, and, and frisky on Friday. And I hope you're just uh, sim- uh, I hope you're having a super good time on Saturday. And uh, a silly Sunday. Silly Sunday. Yeah, silly, silly, Sunday. silly goose Sunday. Silly goose Sunday. <gasps> I love that. We're going to put that silly on merch. Go- silly geese. Whenever the we monetize this show. And, <gasps> and it can be merch. like geese that are actually like walking around, like walking yes. on a road. It could be like Abbey Road. Like it'd be like the Beatles, <gasps> but geese. Oh my God. <sighs> but they have cherry, t- they have cherries on top of their heads. Cause it's also like, you know, like ice There's- cream Sunday. Yeah. Silly Goose Sunday, hunty. Oh, yes. Make it into a Sunday, Like an actual, like, yes. 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 S-U-N-D-A. Yes. E. Yeah. A-E. A-E-Y. What's up, Canadian listeners? A. 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 Hit him with the A. Hi, Spencer. Do you guys like Mario Kart? Yes. Okay. That man beats my ass at that all the time. And it is like my life's goal to beat his ass at like the actual full circuit every every single thing yes oh he's way too good all he does is do the freaking drifting that man is tokyo drifting his whole fucking life and i cannot compete with that shit nicholas one day nicholas came home and was like hey would you mind if we played a video game together and i was like yeah, what do you want to play? And he was like, I want to play Mario Kart with you. Oh, shit. And for it's y- going to get real. Well, and well, it, it gets real because um, uh, trigger warning for drug abuse. Back when I was heavily in active oh. addiction and I okay. was doing, um, I'm not going to say what it's called, but I'm going to call it booger sugar. And if you know what that means, then you've done it. Okay. Um, so we would do that and play Mario Kart. Oh, and okay. I would like I told him I was like I like I'm really happy that you are wanting to play this game with me so that I can have new memories with this game because Aww. I don't play it because when I play it I think about the a bad memory so yeah. now you can replace it with a good one. Yes. Isn't that a therapy technique? I can't remember what that's called. Um, I feel like it is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I, most yeah, certain it sorry, probably but is. yes, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there are there are uh, graphic dangerous ways of doing it, like electroshock therapy. Sure, sure, but like it's it's kind of like a way of like doing like a re-exposure right. therapy or something like that. But you're replacing like a bad memory with a new good one that is somewhat related. Yeah, something I I know that that's a technique. But I had no I've been playing this game for years and no idea that you could drift. And he taught me how to drift, and so I was like, <sighs> okay, thank you. Tokyo Drift. I'm trying to think of like how that song. I can't because the the person singing it is so fast. But that Tokyo Drift song that's on TikTok. Oh, are you talking about Glass Animals? Tokyo Drift. No, not that song. Okay, but I do. Oh my god, I fucking love Glass Animals. Okay, you guys know how I'm super fucking big fan of Glass Animals. They are amazing. My ego is showing. You guys know how I hate when things get really popular. I tend to not like them anymore. Glass Animals was the first group that Nicholas and I bonded over when we first met seven, eight years ago. Oh, we talked about that. Just not on the podcast. Yes. 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 I still would. I have still not seen them in concert and I've I've loved them since the beginning. Yes, I know, honey. Me too. And I saw them in concert. The venue was like max 
capacity at 50 people. We oh, bought tickets for $25 I'm a piece. So I have the Snapchat saved in my memory on my phone. I was so close. It was just me between me and David was a bouncer. And the guy was like, man, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to step back and a uh, trigger warning. I was on Molly, but, um, I had, I, it was a beautiful fucking show and we, Nicholas still has pictures <sighs> yeah. from it. And, Every time I li- every time I They're hear so um, that second talented, album, man. I still ball. But then you know, like TikTok blew up. Um, Their twenty twenty album was uh, absolutely fucking uh, amazing too. I, I I like it, yes, but I prefer album two. I love all of it. They have yeah. different vibes. Oh, yes. I love. I just love. I love the main singer. Yes. I love the group. Shout out to a couple of friends that Spencer and I have in uh, Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Um, one of, uh, they go by Loon and Roxy. That's like their gamer, like game names on Discord. Oh, I thought those were the legit, legit names. I was like, damn, those are really nice names. I mean, yeah, yeah. But um, Princess the, Banana Hammock. Yeah, I, well, like I haven't <laughs> asked if they, you know, like I like to ask first before I mention someone, you know, like, yeah. like their names, names or full names, you know, something like that. Anyways, Loon is like a huge fan of Glass Animals. And I guess when they were doing all of their indie stuff, he was telling me the history of how... Um, they did a lot of like indie stuff in Missouri. Uh-huh. Like they got a lot of like fan base from there, like yeah. in the radio station that ran stuff and did a lot of like indie rock stuff. Yeah. Um, we yeah. love And so they've artists. seen them a lot. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. I'm like, it seems like everyone around me that I know that I'm friends with, like really big fans of them and have seen them. And I'm like, I just need to see them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. and you know, like I'm, I'm ha- I want the things that I love to continue to grow and be successful. It's just, it's sad when like you sell out and it's like, (sighs) speaking of music, I can't not talk about this. I am fucking obsessed with sleep token. I don't know if anyone knows of them. It is actually hard to put them into a musical category, which I know that's like very elitist hipster of me to say that, but truly, truly progressive metal. Okay. But also like emo, indie, rock, um, uh, what do I call it? Like kind of like that space industrial style rock. Like mm-hmm. these guys get compared to Ghost because they are an anonymous band. They supposedly might be like members of different bands already. Like Ooh, no one cool. has figured out their identities. They also like they wear masks and stuff. And so like they they like hide. Oh my God. Like Hollywood un- undead. Yeah. But like the creative background and story is that they're a group of members who are a cult mm. who, who honor the demon known as. Oh, no, I'm good. Never mind. Sleep or something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's like, it's like their creative background. Have you heard of Abelhart? He's got that song. He's like, I look so good. I feel so right. I do what I want. I do anything twice. I know my worth. I push that word. Walk through life with a cheesy smirk. Feel 10 feet tall. I'm up so hot. I'm up right here to the day I die. Whip so clean. Whip so nice. I, something like here for the rest of my life. Oh my God. I she love, likes the way I'm like just, I take my shirt off TikTok. I fucking love I, the I music know. I'm finding from TikTok. But, Him, but that yes, song and whisper. I want to hear you whisper in my <gasps> ear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Music discoveries on TikTok. That was another reason why I really liked TikTok even back in 2020 because part of the problem was is that, you know, like people struggled to create to create and to make music and also like finding the music and because like concerts weren't happening so people weren't spreading like videos of like oh my god this new band that's like was one of the minor bands right at this rock festival and now it's like oh my god they're amazing i love discovering music on tiktok and like also like people doing acoustic sets like glass animals and who else did a lot of acoustic live stuff that I was listening to? I like, of course, now that I'm trying to think of it, I can't think of it. Um, it's the ADHD for me. It is. <laughs> but when they do those acoustic sets and stuff and then you see it on TikTok, it's like, okay, here's another way of finding this. Like I used to find everything on YouTube. Yeah. I'm trying to think. We're going to oh. take a momentary pause so that Heather can yes, find this. Yes, my ADHD She's with my music. doing this. Oh, I cannot help it. Well, last week when she was at the salon, Ugh. she was trying to tell me something. I was like, "Girl, it's okay. You don't have to try to like, like no, sub- I defor- support it yourself." She's. I was like, "I believe you," and she's like, "No, I have to find it out because I was going to." It's me going nuts. to hurt my brain. It makes me. It it like hurts my soul. Like it's almost like you feel the electrical impulses in your brain, like 
off firing. Like listeners, if anybody out there is like, I'm that, on the please, neuro- neurodivergent please. spectrum, guys. I'm oh sorry. Oh my god! Speaking of neurodivergent spectrum, it's neurodivergent week. Oh my god! You guys, we're we're going from Women's Month to like neurodivergent. We get a whole week. We're so. <laughs> We're so um, special that they gave us a whole week. We got a whole week. I hope everyone thinks differently that week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I just want to see a society where everyone is diverging. Maybe neurodivergent week. Are you okay? I'm fine. (laughs) That was just really funny. (laughs) How old am I? (laughs) Oh, poor thing. Okay, we almost stopped the. I got money. I got. I was gonna say I got money in my mouth. I got water in my throat. You're gonna. (laughs) It's fine. Let me let me drink like a normal human being. Because oh, I guess we're gonna have to pause now because Papa's home. Did you find the name of that band? Yeah. What is it? Nothing but thieves. All right, folks, we're gonna take a break. So I'm gonna go give my fiance a big old schmooch (laughs) on the face, and then we'll be right back. And then we're going to get into mental health and tarot, and then our topic today. Woo! So we don't get the weird in between (laughs) not the good (laughs) right all right folks we are back thank you so much for being patient with us it's not like there was anything that happened for you guys i mean it just skipped right over to this so (laughs) how is your mental health um well i mean it's it's all right it's it could be better i'm definitely feeling the um a little bit more from the job um in terms of uh, how would i put it yeah like burnout and it's in a more stressful state again right Mm -hmm. now do i feel more supported do i feel like better things are in place yes um than the sheer overwhelmingness that there used to be absolutely but i have to be careful because like it's like I, I know that it's getting to that point again. So like, okay, where do I put those things in place, right? Set those mm. boundaries. I feel like I have supportive people by me to help me set those boundaries and make sure I'm keeping them like mm. and being in, you know, like in talks with, leader, you know, like my leaders and things like that. Yeah. So um, the American system is designed to cause burnout at such a young age to cause as much until you set those boundaries and you have to constantly keep them that in itself is what's stressful though to me is like why do i have to put like why do i have to keep dealing with these boundaries in the first place can we just not i feel like you talked about that last week too so this must obviously this is a thing that has like been continuing for a while it doesn't help that obviously like you know seasonal depression this is a time for um i don't know i also think like a lot of workplaces deal with a lot of things after the holidays right like there's a different multitude of things like oh, yeah, that happen it, and like <coughs> i don't want to get into it because i will never talk about like my my job like other than general career and like work sh- work stuff or prior job things careers tend to go through phases and i do feel like that January through April season just I don't know it I tend to have like bad experiences like Mm -hmm. and things that happen and like just frustrating things to deal with during that time period Mm -hmm. and it's also the shitty part of winter that it's like oh there's like not a lot of holiday stuff and spring to me is still very chaotic weather so i i have trouble enjoying you keep telling me to embrace the chaos and well here's the thing in the end though yeah i like i was trying to say too like i do feel a little bit better than like if i were in this situation a year ago I would feel a lot less supported. I don't feel like I would have as many of the things in place that I need to. It is also helpful to obviously have my husband with me in the same country, like being in a relationship that is separated by a pandemic, uh, like across the world where you can't even see each other, like obviously does enough to your mental state in your home life. And then you have your job and everything else. Right. It's weird because it's like, I actually feel very happy with my home life and very happy with my personal life and like where certain things are at, but then like other things are I'm having trouble articulating it, but it's like I want it to align. Like, can it, can we just get it into an alignment? I want the planets to align, but in the form of, like, all aspects of my life. Yeah. Or, as, as Nicholas would say, no, yeah. 
No, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Very, yeah, no. very um, Midwest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the vibe. Very, very Midwestern of us to talk. Yeah, no means no, and no, yeah means yeah. Well, and that's why I think like last week with the um, the magician tarot card, like because I've been feeling that for a little bit, it's mm-hmm. like, this is kind of weird. What does this mean? Because the me right now is like, again, let me escape to like a cabin in the middle of the woods. Should I be looking at like, <laughs> like again, like, um, you know, New Zealand, should I be like working on something like that? But then I'm like, no. And I care about wanting to make things better like here and in this country. And like, I don't know. It's just, you just get frustrated with it. And sometimes it's hard not to want to find a way out. Self-awareness and is uh, the first step. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> so, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so tell me what you drew for the tarot card this week. So our tarot card for the week is double mission. Uh, this Double missionary? Double, mi- double mission. <laughs> I'm sorry. I immediately went to that. I know. I'm so proud of you. I'm rubbing off. <laughs> you my, are. My hole is rubbing off on your hole. <laughs> <laughs> they call that scissoring oh actually that's gonna... troubling that's troubling oh my goodness this is this is troubling look, look at you remo- like knowing positions but then in valentine's day episode you're like i don't know what to call these positions because those are those are for two individuals that got vaginas yeah and i don't have that <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to do that <laughs> So if you are pulling this card, you're being called to remember your collective mission and step into even more fully. Step into it even more fully. Um, you're being reminded that your role as a light worker is to light up the world with your presence. This doesn't have to be a great big thing or a decision you need to make. You also don't need to have a great big plan. Uh, if you resonate with being a light worker, you are also all you need to do is work out what lights you up so your passions and joys and keep mm. doing that. I um, like that. Yeah, it is very common for light workers to uh, feel different and that they may carry soul memories of being visible and sharing their voice, such as they may protect themselves by dimming their light in order to fit by spending time in some sort of closet, such as a spiritual closet. And um, I really like feel like that has been like a lot of my life. I remember like when I wanted to get when I started being vocal about wanting to get tattoos and piercings and like changing my looks and my parents being like, you know, why are you trying to draw so much attention to yourself? And it was like, in a sense, I think I was because I was just like, Hey, like I'm different than everybody here. But I also didn't feel like I had a comfortable space to take up space. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm tired Mm of diminishing my light, diminishing like myself and like, not being my authentic self just to appease the masses. And so it's like, you know, like getting my nails polished and like also at the same time, like wearing mm. a Carhartt coat. And I, I love, like, I want to like reach this like level of like almost gender bending. Like I want, I want someone to look at me and, and like question what my gender is mm-hmm. because I, I, I want to have more of that balance between the feminine and the masculine energy. Mm-hmm being more vocal about the things that I need or like being more direct um, and like making sure that I take the time to get what I want to say across Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. everything, specifically with the podcast. Uh, There are so many times when like I, Heather doesn't hear any of the edits before they get launched. She hears the episode on the day of. Right. So it's a surprise for Heather, but she trusts me. And I'm the one that's got to listen back. And I'm like, man, like I, there was something I wanted to say there. Or I could feel myself holding back because I'm worried of like judgment of other people. And who's listening. And who's listening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like last week's episode, I was not going to put that part of us talking about my mom on here because my relatives now know about our podcast because they found mm-hmm. our TikTok, mm-hmm. and so it was like oh my god what have they said but it's like you know i i'm not talking bad about you guys i'm just talking about what my life with you is like yeah i mean you're allowed so, to have your experience right but i mean even then and that's like, your choice right yeah 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 and even then like that's not specifically what i'm here for i'm not here to like complain about my childhood by any means just yeah i or in 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 doses right in doses of it right when when we talk about the related mental health aspects sometimes i worry that i am i that people are gonna look at me like i'm just another man 
talking nonsense, but nothing value of value is coming out of my mouth. I that is a that is like a another man with mine. a microphone right now. Yeah, but I worry about that sometimes. But, but you support women sitting at the table with you, and you support minorities sitting at the table with you, and you support people who aren't just straight. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you you support other people being around you and like your voice has been being used to help give voices to other people. I think where the the complaint is, is like straight white men with podcasts who then use the podcast to be misogynist and bigots Mm -hmm. and ignorant. Yeah. Um, because podcasts are so much like free speech. I mean, you can really do whatever you want, right? And so there are a lot of creators out there that like they don't feel that their voice would be accepted elsewhere. So it's like it's like being like that keyboard warrior like on that bigoted ignorant side, but like doing it in the form of a podcast. And there's right. there is unfortunately groups of people as we've talked about many times that go that route, but I don't I don't think I don't think that you are one of those people. I could understand where you're coming from in that thought and in that fear because you are a man. Right. And you are white. I I feel the same about the fact that I'm straight and I'm white. Sure, I'm a woman, but can I really speak for the LGBTQIA community? Like, it's for them to decide if I am an ally or not. It's for you she's, to decide if, I'm, a, an if that I'm an ally or not to you. Same goes for, you know, any minority population. Like, if I'm not, you know, saying something correctly, like, I need to hear it. And, you know, what's going on with this British baking show that you have notes on about? Did you, have you been watching that with Nicholas or something? Yeah. Are you, is it, is it, is it something new for you guys? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, is it been I like, fun? I It started with it it started with like we just needed something to like tie over twenty minutes of attention while we were doing something else. It's funny. Well, so I I I grew up watching Kim watch like uh, Emerald and like all of those cooking shows. So I don't care about cooking shows because I'm like you never make this Mm -hmm. like in in our home those recipes were never recreated Mm -hmm. but i get it like oh you learn things i i understand that i liked nailed it because it was like kind of funny but also like dumb and i really like nicole buyer is that her name i don't actually know but Um, it's it's a good show i watched like the christmas special one yes i love i love the christmas special so and then he was like do you want to try a british baking show and we started in season 10 and there's this one contestant he's just if if anybody watches season 10 he 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 wins a star baker for of the week of the first um episode okay and he's just he's so adorable adorable and so uh then uh if you guys have been on our tiktok in the last week or so about a week and a half ago um nicholas made a cake Mm -hmm. so then i because he's been watching british breaking show he's like we've been doing this but i have yet to make something so he made a cake and we put it on tiktok and it's really cute but um yeah i loved watching iron chef and like seeing like people at the top of the top of their of like a specialty cuisine. So it's like getting it down to the science of like, I also work within this specialty. And then like, they all get the same ingredients to work with. And they're told this is your theme ingredient. And you have to find a way to make a delicious, like three, four course meal or whatever out of all of that. Like even like, you know, your ingredient is octopus and you still have to make a dessert out of that. And then they'll be like, well, we're going to use like, this particular piece because this brings out like a sweet or a sour flavor i'm like this is so cool (laughs) Uh, yes if anybody out there thinks that they're um capable of doing things like that let us know tag us in your videos we want to see it tell us how you do your things yes show us your tiktoks of you making amazing food yes (laughs) <laughs> and tell us about your foods. We fucking love food. We talked yes, about that in the very food. first episode of our show. Is I love food good so food is love. It is. Mm. I forgot about that, but yes, it is. <laughs> so in this week's episode, you guys, we are going to be talking about Ostara. Yes, this episode is coming out a week before the actual holiday. 
yes. to get anybody a head start. Yes. So Heather did some research this week, and she is going to teach us something today. Yeah. So, and I, I do want to like take it back also to your tarot card reading for the week. I think it was actually. Again, I think sometimes we pull like really interesting cards compared to the topics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think actually the tarot card that I pulled last week, the magician, and in terms of like seeing things come to fruition, um, it's having manifesting the actual goals that you have. um, And then you talking about bringing light, stop dimming your own light for others and like Mm -hmm. working on like manifesting as well. There's a lot to do with um, Ostara. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, But Ostara or Aoster or Aster, I'm sure you guys can get what that sounds like. Easter has uh, Germanic and Saxon routes, uh, uh, roots, I'm sorry, roots in terms routes. of the words that I'm using here. <laughs> um, this is our Sabbath on the wheel of the year for the witch's wheel uh, that represents the spring equinox. This is the beginning of life. Yes. And sunshine and warmth and hopefully getting rid of the saddies of the winter. So this takes place this year on March 20th. Um, so again, it'll be about a week from this episode. It's usually, it usually takes place around the third week of March. Um, so of course, the spring equinox equinox is when the day and the night is equal light and dark are balanced um and then after that of course as we all know days will then become longer and the warmth will come to the land the land of the (laughs) The land there are different ways to talk about it and we're gonna get into this a little bit but i i just think this is funny because it comes up like Every Sabbath, every festival, every celebration. But if we think about it in terms of history and how humanity reacts to different festivals, um, yet again, the theme of fertility comes up, comes up. The fertility from Imbolc that we talked about comes to fruition. So like we're talking about like, you know, like pregnancy and new life, um, resurrection. Mm-hmm. So there are fertility themes that are throughout like different holidays and again like you know we're talking about it simpler historic times where there are a few main activities that people are taking right and like survival is yes. the biggest one so and lots your of basic fucking... needs and trying to have children but also like it again it deals with animals it deals with crops those are the other big things too so in some texts ostara becomes a root word for ostara monoth or april in germanic in certain texts it was actually the word became part of the actual month. Okay. But in reality, Ostara is actually named directly and representative of the Germanic goddess of spring and fertility, named Ostara. So it really is a celebration of a primary goddess. Okay. Her name means movement towards the rising sun. She's representative of the dawn, and that translates to literally the direction of east, right? Because the sun rises in the east. Right. She's similar to and connected with Astarte or Ashtoreth, which is the Phoenician goddess of love, sex, war, and hunting. Ooh. Very powerful, and I fucking love it. Ooh, I love that. Talk about National Women's History Month, you guys. Yes. She don't need she no gonna god. She's going to have sex with whatever man she wants, and then she's going to she cut has, off the heads of any. She probably <laughs> has sex with her. She probably has sex with herself. She man pro- out there. She's a she's a starfish. There yes. we go. If you guys want to know why we're talking about her being a starfish, you can look up what starfishes can do by themselves. Yes. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's the ADHD also, for me. <laughs> yes, it's the ADHD for me. Um, also, Ishtar, who is the Mesopotamian goddess of love, sex, fertility, and responsible for life itself. Interestingly, there was a note that this goddess was never like a mother themselves. So like also to be different, like representative of fertility and like responsible for like that for others but they themselves were never depicted as like that mother figure that other goddesses get mm-hmm. also like war celestial morning and evening ostara is considered kind of like a descendant in terms of like historical descendants from like earlier in history to more modern she as a goddess in like history and like in celtic germanic uh roots comes from much even much earlier in history from very powerful goddesses so her familiar was a rabbit that's my sister's familiar i bet my sister's a i bet this is my sister 
It it makes me for people who are fans of Sailor Moon and like my kind of nerdiness. Um, it makes me think of Sailor Moon because there's a lot of rabbit symbolism, and yeah. she is the princess and queen of the moon too. Her rabbit was connected to the moon's power. Um, would lay eggs and then paint them for the goddess. <gasps> Like rabbits with Easter, like yeah. we've got now, but oh my God. I wanted to talk about this because it just shows the connection of mythology as we call it today, but also like ancient religions and religions today and how there are very similar beliefs across time and across very different spaces of the world. In Greece, we have also um, one of the deities that I feel very connected with, um, Persephone. Um, So she must leave Hades in the underworld to begin her six-month venture as the goddess of spring and nature throughout summer. We also have, I think it's pronounced Eos. In Latin, it would have been uh, Aurora, which I love that name so much. Um, but also a Eos is the goddess um, in Greece um, of the morning red who brings up the light of day from the east so again we have some similarities in Norse um, mythology we have Freya Um, some people relate Ostara as an iteration of Freya herself in like current um, even like Nordic uh, pagan practices but I was getting a sense that that was maybe controversial but I still just wanted to mention it because Freya is considered very much like a mother type goddess as well and like she is Odin's you know, primary consort kind of thing. So then in terms of some of the like important historical like locations and monuments, monuments was the word I was trying to think of before. In ancient Egypt, we have the great Sphinx of Giza, which was built during the old kingdom of Egypt. It's believed to be aligned with the rising sun on the day of the spring equinox. It's possible that the Sphinx was meant to represent the Egyptian sun god Ra, who was associated with rebirth and renewal. For the Mayans, and I apologize, I'm probably butchering this, but Chichen Itza, it is a complex of ruins located in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula that was built by the Mayan civilization. The main structure, the Temple of Kukulkan, has 365 steps, one for each day of the year, and is designed so that the sunlight creates a shadow that looks like a snake slithering down the steps on the day of the spring equinox. I'm pretty sure I've seen like a Disney movie that had something to do with that. Which one? I, you know? I, honey. Okay. Okay. Honey. Okay. Um, Disney movie, any movie. I say Disney movie because <laughs> I probably saw it as a kid. <laughs> and I, again, apologize if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but Nauru's is the Persian New Year, which falls on the day of the spring equinox. It's celebrated with a variety of customs and rituals, including the building of a special table called a haft sin, which includes seven items that begin with the Persian letter sin, S-I-N, each of which symbolizes a different aspect of life, such as rebirth, love, and health. And then for the Druids, we have Stonehenge, um, which is an ancient monument that many people know of in England. Mm -hmm. It was built by the Druids, um, Celtic priests. Um, It's believed that it was used as a place of worship and celebration. And the placement of the stones was designed to align with the rising sun on the day of the spring equinox. Again, if we're thinking about life in more ancient times, so much was around that cycle of the crops and animals. And again, like even like human fertility as well, but just that cycle of birth and like crops and making sure that you have food before the winter and all of that stuff basic survival needs it's a time of new life new opportunities and new beginnings um with of course feast celebrations hell yeah i'm always down to eat yes me too (laughs) (laughs) me Uh, me when i'm at the buffet i'm gonna take a lap around (laughs) (laughs) take a lap around (laughs) i just thought it was really cool because we have so many different areas that are have similar Similar aspects, yet they were also very different cultures too, well, right? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's, every religion has their own word for something, but we're all talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. That's why it's important. We should all love each other. Right. <laughs> Just to relate this to um, 
the Wiccan side of witchcraft as more of like the religious aspect um, and the Wiccan uh, deity of like the goddess. So like the the triple headed goddess, the triplicate. Which we've the, talked about before. Yeah, the mother maiden crone. Right. Um, she, of course, in the springtime and since in bulk, she's been in her maiden form. Mm-hmm. Um, and the horn god, a.k.a. the green man, which um, I'll get into, um, sometimes called Pan as well her consort who met at Imbolc um, and sort of had started a courtship right between that time and now in Ostara symbolizes the attraction and desire that leads to the goddess becoming pregnant okay. the green man has many relations in history culture it's uh, the symbol of the green man is used in a lot of architecture it was actually used on a lot of uh, churches like Christian churches uh-huh. uh, back throughout history also has potential relations to um, an ancient Egypt, Osiris, um, and in Norse paganism um, and Norse mythology, Odin himself. So we have some pretty important symbols with Ostara. Let me guess. Eggs are involved. Good guess. Oh my god, I get a sticker. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. I did actually want to relate. We were talking about like the naming and how obviously it sounds a lot like Easter. Easter has pagan roots to it so like christianity in many ways adopted pagan traditions that were already in place and things that were ongoing and kind of like took them and like assimilated them into their own feasting and different celebrations and the stuff related to um jesus's resurrection and the and also with passover and things like that for example the dating of easter has pagan roots itself easter is on the first sunday after the full moon following the equinox so it's literally based off the moon right and i've literally had christian people tell me like i've been like i don't know when easter is and they've literally told me that and i'm like oh but everything else about the moon is too spooky to talk about but witchy but that's how you'll remember that one yeah like we're doing it based off the moon (laughs) alignment here for easter one year easter was on 420 and like i was just happy because it was (laughs) i had i didn't have to request 420 off and it was a sunday so i didn't (laughs) have to work in retail (laughs) that's funny so tell me about that symbolism so you were correct the egg is a very uh big symbol of ostara it's the motif for every spring equinox celebration when i was reading things about it it really brought it all the way back to the concept of the world or cosmic egg that people might have heard about it's basically like this multicultural primordial concept of the beginning of life and the beginning of time for humanity that leads to humanity's existence. So like, just as we talk about like evolution or like, um, like in Christianity, they talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, like Adam and Eve, the concept of the cosmic or world egg is another popular symbol utilized in different belief systems as a a way to tell the story of how sometimes how like the actual world began like so like animals itself. plants yes yeah, so like yeah. creationism or or humanity it's also very similar to like uh the concept of like the seed of life yes the flower exa- of life correct so the seed of life it, it is i think considered part of that um what they call the primordial concept with the, mm-hmm. the egg yep. yeah because our life starts with an egg and a sperm cell and then that starts to go into my is it mitosis when they split Yes. 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 So and and then it, you know, that first one where it divides and splits and then. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. It goes as far back as to say that the Paleolithic and Neolithic eras. So we're talking greater than um, like potentially 25,000 years ago. Yeah. um, That those faiths were quite maternal focused. So focused primarily more on a goddess as like the most powerful being because in the end, they would be the forms of birds with um, somewhat of a female form at the same time. And the egg was the symbol of fertility and bringing on life itself. And you couldn't do that without a woman. Yeah. Obviously, she's not a bird, but the obsession over Mother Mary is pretty uh, big. How is that, folks, in the Christian world that obviously if you're listening to us and you like us, you, you're you not the extreme version of Christianity. But how is it that a religion that loves a woman so much well politics never mind i'm not gonna get into it no that's okay i again that i think that's where like 
the actual true religion like gets lost like people exactly. put in their own things with it right it's not, that's that's yeah. why i i, did, I, I answered my own question um going back to greek goddesses uh, leto was the goddess of fertility and motherhood she birthed apollo the sun and artemis the who is representative of the moon at times um from an egg um in greek orphism um the orphic egg gave rise to phanes the deity of new life who then gave life to other gods and goddesses in egypt there's the concept that the there was a celestial goose yeah, it's those silly That's gooses, me. but this one's a serious one. <laughs> Laid an egg, giving birth to a solar type of bird, which gave heat to the world. So, so the, the pr- more the primordial, the primordial concept there that like it gave birth to things that then allowed life to have right. a place to live. For Ostara, um, in honor of the goddess and her rabbit, eggs were planted in fields to encourage growth of crops as well as eaten to promote fertility. Maybe that's why we do Easter egg hunts. Yes. Then we have a lily of the valley, which was a particular, you know, it's a particular plant flower. Um, And so for Ostara celebrations, people would throw them in the bonfires as an offering to her. Oh. The rabbit. So getting back to that, um, there's a couple different stories that have been told about Ostara's uh, rabbit familiar. Okay. So the first one talks about where the hare was actually once a bird with an injured wing. The Aww. goddess also kind of explains the egg part though, right? Right. So the goddess knew it wouldn't fly again, even if she healed it. Instead, she, therefore, she transformed it into a hare. To thank Ostara, the hare lays an egg for her every spring on her festival day. Oh, that's so cute. That's so much better than it's the like groundhog. a little familiar. That's like, hi. The hare will lay eggs and then actually will paint them and give them to her as a present. Mm. The second tale explains that the hare was once a bird that delivered messages of spring to Ostara herself. She transformed the bird into a hare so it could endure the winter and survive it because as a bird, it wouldn't, right? Right. Um, In memory of its former shape, it lays colorful eggs every year for spring. The rabbit also represents, um, is well connected with the moon. Like I was saying, her familiar was um, connected to the moon's magical powers. So the rabbit also is a symbol of moon magic Mm -hmm. and then um just to note that hares or rabbits are sacred to many fertility goddesses so that includes freya um of norse um, mythology as well as aphrodite so what are some activities that we can do during ostara miss heather fertility doesn't necessarily mean procreation now if you want to get at it you want to do that sex magic Mm -hmm. you want to get into it I'm here for it. Like, I, I'm all for it. For those that keep hearing this fertility, like, throughout everything that we talk about with every holiday, sometimes it can have, like, a negative connotation. And it kind of, like, can bring up things for people, right? Like, it can be a sensitive topic for people, too. Fertility can also be symbolism in itself. It doesn't have to just straight up mean, ah, yes, it's about a human getting pregnant and having a kid right mm-hmm. like and it, about a woman getting pregnant and having a kid it really can mean things like expansive thinking a free spirit mindset um working with plants and animals mm-hmm. that can birth new life it again not having to be human how interesting that i just recently planted a bunch of new herbs See, hell yeah you're bringing you are bring you are literally if you didn't do that right that wouldn't create new life but you are using your hands and um uh my energy your energy and your intent to there's like a word that i'm trying to think of and i can't but anyways (laughs) you are directly can like helping something yeah to bring in new life right and i also feel like some of the reason why it does you know like carry a negative connotation is that um you know in many ways it's been weaponized in politics particularly in many areas of the world where women are oppressed so it is important to consider it in itself as a symbolism rather than the literal sense in today's feminism if you set goals and plans for new endeavors and in bulk because we talked about that as well we did like start the plan like get those plans in a list you can now start hopefully executing 
the plans. Mm -hmm. So like your goals for what you wanted to manifest and that you started planning out between Imbolc and Ostara. Now with Ostara, now is the time to start to put those plans into action. Having an Ostara altar dedicated to any deity and spring symbols, continuing the refresh aspect of Imbolc. So we want to welcome anything new and upcoming that we are executing our plans over into a clean and healthy space spring cleaning i've been doing some of that yeah um i also think like meditating and like doing some you know like spiritual cleansing as well can be Mm -hmm. helpful i don't know if anyone is into like um like bath rituals or bath magic type of stuff like but oh, uh, sorry, I'm a gay man, and if anybody knows where the bathhouse is, you just you just thought about bathhouse. I house. actually know. <laughs> I know too. <laughs> Bath rituals. I was like, hold on, wait a second. No, yeah, she is yeah. not talking about no. what I'm talking about. No, I'm. Oh, I mean, if I <laughs> had my what, way, what my, it'd be like taking went. a claw foot tub and having it out like under the stars, and yet having privacy at the same time, and just being like taking that cucumber that you harvested no. last year and taking care of business. <laughs> no. Having candles surrounding me and like, uh, just being at one with the universe. <laughs> That's my dream. Hosting a spring tea party. I think of like almost like an Alice in Wonderland, like all the rabbits and stuff, like having a tea party. Well, I, I immediately thought of um, Melanie Martinez because last week her oh, new, her yeah. third, her third era, her third era came out. And so <laughs> I was thinking about um, her first era and Cryberry crybaby with all the pastel colors and the little tea party that she was having one of those music videos but i was also very similar to mm-hmm. um alice in wonderland mm-hmm. this is another um big one but connecting with the earth and the soil itself um this really hits home for anyone who practices a lot of earth or plant magic specifically it's really the time for serious planting and plant magic also if you don't garden you could literally like sit on the ground i was reading some stuff of like meditate feel the soil around you mm-hmm. like grab some soil like feel like the vibrational energy of the earth and kind of try to connect with it use that as a way to meditate and to give yourself affirmations regarding the plans that you are trying to execute it's also not to put pressure on people to have to do things that they don't actually want to do or that they don't normally do just because i'm mentioning these ideas doesn't mean that that's the idea for you right like if you're not a green thumb or you're not into plants even though yeah they've been trending for a while it's okay. It's okay if you're not a gardener. We get it. Um, also, just taking a nature walk. And like I said, like meditating like in a park somewhere, meditating if you do have like yard space, something like that. Like Just look out for all that wet grass. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> bringing it all back around to eggs again, you know, cooking with eggs, celebrating by painting eggs doing an egg hunt um those all actually have like pagan roots to them like we were talking about even though they are also like they are now used by in christianity as well in celebration of easter eggshells are actually a really popular spellcraft item for those who are just getting into like the spellcraft part of their practice Mm -hmm. um i am too um it's just It's a way to do it instead of having to pay for it, you know, at a supply store or something like that. Doing certain spells, you might be like grinding that down into a powder, like eggshell powder, but like literally save them, make sure they're clean, clean them off and then, you know, save them in a Ziploc bag. And that's a really great way to use something that, you know, perhaps you would otherwise throw out. If you don't want to do that, consider composting. Or consider if, especially if you used the egg itself in a spell, used it for something on your altar, consider like burying them and then that will in itself kind of compost with time. Yeah. Did you mention anything about using uh, the eggshells to make eggshell water? I did not. Because you can also take the eggshells and put them in a gallon of water and the minerals and the nutrients from the eggs will go into the water and you can use that to plant, to water your plants, <gasps> oh, your indoor yes. plants. I forgot about that. That's really great. My my mother taught me that. You are very much in tune with plant, yeah. uh, plant magic and that's a really good idea. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually, one of the resources mentioned like, Hey, if you're vegan, consider making clay eggs or like doing paper mache. And I was like, Oh, that's such a paper nice mache. idea. And like, of course you can paint, you know, clay or paper mache as well. And, you know, do things with that. I also think if you don't want to deal with like the composting or the waste of eggs and also eggs are expensive, but you have other means or ways to like create an egg like 
You can do that for your altar. I mean, heck, if things are rough, you can literally draw eggs on a paper, right? And like use them as a symbol. Like the importance is the symbolism that it represents and mm-hmm. like do that with an altar. Like I try to think of the fact that economic times continue to be tough. And so when I'm talking about these ideas, I try to think of like, okay, literally some people can't just go out and buy a bunch of fresh fruit to throw in a pot to make a simmer pot, right? Like, you know, either try to use like the stuff that you already have or like let's find some additional different ways to do Mm -hmm. things and that's okay. And then last but not least, um, one very specific cultural thing that I I think is very, very beautiful, Ukrainian egg folk art. Um, If you guys don't know about it, please look it up. I I think they're absolutely gorgeous. I hope I do not butcher this, but... um, Pesanking. Pesanki? Pesanki? We're going to say pesanking. Yeah, (laughs) pesanki. I can't say it with a southern accent. Oh, my goodness. When I try, I can't do something. Give me them pesanki eggs. Pesanki eggs. Pesanki eggs. It's P-Y-S-A-N-K-Y. Like, you think painted eggs and, like, high-level artistry Mm -hmm. level kind of painted eggs. They're absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I'll have Um, to check them out. There is... ukrainian practices around this time and like in celebration of spring equinox that that had to do with so i wanted to mention that awesome well thank you so very much heather for all that information i appreciate it yeah we're gonna do a quick little bit of listicle we're already at the time that we are recording this and the weather is getting really bad outside right now and i need to make sure that heather gets home safely (laughs) but we did mention last week that we do a little listicle we're not going to go through all of it because i know how we are and i don't want to spend 30 minutes doing this because i don't want (laughs) to I don't figure out what to cut. <laughs> I, I know, but that's still you that's, can still cut stuff. It's all good. I want to make sure that you get to actually get to go home and relax. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is thirty-four things that Gen Z is tired of millennials doing. <laughs> the term "quote your journey" millennials love referring to overcoming a personal problem as their journey, <laughs> which is so true. Uh, the phrase "I deserve a little treat" millennials love to say "I deserve a little treat" while buying basic necessities. Treat I'm yourself. sorry, but our parents taught us that necessities were not. Our idea of a necessity is a lot different than your guys's ideas of a necessity. What the things that I would purchase or have in my life to actually make me happy were not considered necessities up until I put my mental health first. So like mm-hmm. I can understand that. But mm-hmm. we, we all deserve a little treat. Yes. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> the, I really that this one I really hate the phrase I was today years old. Oh yeah. Like I was today years <laughs> old when I learned this. Uh this one reminded me of you, the phrase cuteness overload. Oh my goodness. I used to say that all the time. I don't say that particular phrase anymore. Oh, but yes, I used to say that all the time. Um, I feel very attacked by this one because it's the phrase, I'm a 90s kid. You're not a kid anymore, Brian. You're 30 years old. It's time that you schedule your own doctor's appointments. <laughs> Listen, the 90s were one day, we're, one episode, we're going to talk about the biggest, the reason why the 90s was the best. I mean, everyone thinks that they're their decades the best right but yeah. it's it was such a unique time yes such a unique well time. it's it's kind of like how i think like gen z is like getting back into like it they really honor the early thou- like 2000s but like because they were kids mm-hmm. they didn't wear like the teenager and older kids clothes and they're like wearing the teenager clothes of the early 2000s yeah. that we used to wear and like that's their thing and i feel like there's kind of an obsession with the early 2000s which is when they were kids and so i'm right. like mm, the turn of Y2K. You're going to have the same thing. The turn of Y2K was a complete, I mean, it was like a complete 180 from where we were in the 90s. Yeah. And even 2010s was a completely different turn from where we were in yeah. the Y2K. Yeah. I think one of the biggest differences is we have like the pre and post like 9-11 type of thing. And yeah. so like Gen Z is definitely the generation that's like post that. Oh, of course. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, the phrase, I didn't expect to cross X off my bingo card. Oh. That really became that, a big one because of 2020, COVID. yeah. Yeah, because every we were doing those bingo cards on social media to like, yeah. like oh, my, fa- my song of the day is going to be this today. It's like Gen Z gets very quick to be like, oh my God, that's cringe for like something that just that, happened a that month ago. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like they, they love viral stuff, but they're so over viral stuff. Like the immediate, like, like day after it became viral, like it's, it's almost like so fast that it's like, okay, wait, maybe y'all got to slow down a little bit. Right. <laughs> Using SpongeBob references in general. I didn't like Spongebob Spongebob. growing up, but now that I'm an adult, I use Spongebob references way more often than I ever did. Um, The overuse of reaction GIFs, which I heard they're pronounced GIFs, but we're not going to get into that today. But I fucking love GIFs. Oh, no, definitely GIFs. I fucking love GIFs. Who says GIFs? It's definitely GIFs. Well, technically the creator said that it's No, fuck that shit. It's GIFs. I know. (laughs) It's GIFs. Okay, I have to react with a GIF for everything, though. I can't help it. It's just so much. It's just, it's better than an emoji. Yeah, it is better than emoji. And then also, like, having to explain yourself and, like, people don't understand emotion with just a text. Like, the same thing that could come off as bitchy could come off as the most excited and supportive thing ever to someone. Right. Like, that's how do you have, know? That's why we have to put LOL. We so we let people know that we're not upset. Yeah. Smiley face after every sentence in a corporate email. Yeah. <laughs> Saying wait before every realization. I, honestly, I mm. like, what are you supposed to say? Hold up. You want to take a pause and go, uh, and then say it? I don't fucking think so. I don't know. This this next one, I felt really fucking called out for because um, it says millennials love posting TikTok, love reposting TikToks onto Instagram. Oh, so okay. True. Well, that's because Instagram, th- that's the general concept that Instagram is the millennial app. Like, right. like a combo of Facebook and really more so Instagram, which I always think is interesting because I really did skip through Instagram. I understand for my generation why they love it, why it's wonderful. I really just couldn't give a shit though about it either. But I totally get it. It's no hate. I just personally am like, yep, I feel Gen Z on yeah. that one. Making Instagram account for accounts for dogs. <gasps> yes, that's such a millennial yeah. thing. Uh-oh. And, well, yeah, well, Taylor Swift's, you know, her cat. But pet Instagrams are fun. Because it, like, it's a, it's just another way to disassociate, y'all. Right. <laughs> but, it, yes, but I understand. From humanity. It's like, it's like, it's like that no bones dog. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And that dog passed away. Well, of course he passed yeah. away. He was old as hell. I know, but it was so sad. I literally See, cried. See, this is what everybody's problem is. You get so invested. We get so invested. I cried. Okay, I get that. <laughs> we get so invested in some other pet's lives that it's like, you know, you could invest that same amount of energy into your own pet or go get a pet. Go adopt a pet yeah. and invest that energy into that. But I think it was sad because, like, it was, like, it was an ongoing trend on TikTok that, like, kept its popularity for a while and, like, People were very invested with that dog. Yeah. I was just, I was really sad because that guy was like, seemed like a really like good dog owner, and I felt, I just felt bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the phrase "I'm not mad at it," I'm not mad at that either. <laughs> um, captioning. I'm waiting inst- for the "I feel attacked" to be on there. Captioning, <laughs> captioning an Instagram with "about last night" is pretty generic. Oh yeah. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Bragging about the olden days when you could only use Facebook Facebook with a college email. I that was not No, I no. don't give a shit. The word adulting. I okay. I don't like that. I I'm I'm sick of it myself and I've stopped using it. Yeah. Well I am here for it is the next one. I knew it. I yeah. knew it. <laughs> the love of cheese boards. Come on. Obviously we grew up on lunchables. <laughs> Yeah, charcuterie is good, though. Yeah, I love my charcuterie board. And you know what? Like, when everything's gone to shit and, like, you don't want to do anything for dinner, just grabbing some crackers and cheese, man. Like, what's so wrong with it? Um, This (laughs) one I'm feeling very attacked about because it says um, the phrase, just a friendly reminder, because when (laughs) when new guests come to my salon, I send them a welcome text message, let them know where the salon is at because we're kind of hard to find. And in the text, it says like hello or good morning or good afternoon insert person's name this is marco just a friendly reminder you have your first appointment with me today at this time mm. so maybe i should take that out i definitely have used that phrase a bit and i'm like yep okay but i agree with it it's definitely overused yeah um their hatred for the word moist 
yeah, I never cared about that. I thought people were being stupid. Like yeah. we've got, and that's where I'm like, we have more important issues going on in the world. Will y'all just shut up about that shit? Like, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Oh, say, uh, actually saying, speaking of right, saying right all the time is the next one. Okay. The phrase, my heart is so full. The struggle is so real. The phrase, mm. long story short. Uh, uh, TLDR. Oh my God. Too long <laughs> did not read that. Saying you're welcome when no one asked for it in the first place. That's called sarcasm, sweetheart. Yeah. You fucking get, get, get on the board with me. Get on the shooter board with me. Wishing people happy 420 to those who celebrate. Yeah. I mean... It's overdone. That That is overdone. But Gen Z has entered adulthood when more states have legal weed, right? right. So, like, that wasn't, was, like, a thing as much. It was the safe way to be able to let people know, like, I am a stoner and I am going to be smoking today. And there is a, there is history behind it. We're not getting into that today. Yeah. But, I mean, and that that that's even before our time. That's, like, back in the 70s. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. You're, you're, That's Gen actually Z a is, boomer Gen X thing. Gen Z is growing up in a world where cannabis consumption and the use of cannabis is more normalized than what it was when yeah. we were kids. It's more like alcohol. Right. And last but not least, the millennial obsession with bar carts. What? Bar carts. What is that? It's a little cart that you put your alcohol in on top of with glasses and stuff and it like it's supposed to look fancy and it looks cute in a room. Oh, oh, like bar carts, like in a little, like, okay. Like a little. Those are cute for greenhouses, though. Well, yeah, if you're not using it for, like, alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, if you're using it as a tool and not just a decorative piece to hold your liquor. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. I got, <laughs> I got a full bar. <laughs> I've, seen, that's I've my, seen her bar. That's an heirloom piece from my grandfather, though. <laughs> I've seen her bar. That sucker is huge. <laughs> you can't see. It's actually got marble on it from my, again, I don't have money for that shit. That's something, again, I got from, I got as a pass down, but <laughs> there's, there's so much stuff on it. You can't see the marble underneath. Oh my God. What? Well, okay. From a positive standpoint, my husband and I do not drink heavily nor do we drink like super regularly but we so enjoy regularly that they didn't even drink they he hasn't t he hasn't opened the bottle of alcohol yeah. that I and, and i guess trigger warning for speaking about alcohol for anyone you know but um they uh well so we we appreciate um like mixology and like cocktail making yeah. and stuff like that so like in order to do that you have to have a multitude of different options and supplies so we're we're well stocked <laughs> and in case like you know we have a party or something but then like i don't know yeah like, i mean it's and it lasts for a long I time say, i'm literally gonna say it does never it never goes bad so yeah yeah oh well well, everybody, thank you so much for listening this week. We really appreciate it. Um, yes. Thank you so much, Heather, for um, doing the research for this week. You're welcome. And we've got another fun and exciting episode planned for you guys next week. So until then, happy Ostara. Happy Ostara, guys. I uh, hope your National Women's Month is going well. And um, hopefully by now the world is in a better place than where it was when we recorded this just a couple days ago. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we love you so very much. Love you guys. And you'll hear from us next week. And this is us signing out. Bye. Bye.